in, ladies and gentlemen, from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios. It is another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokeandTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my beautiful fiance, Smoke and Nicole. Mr. Jonathan Carney from La Florida Dominicana is not with us tonight, um, but we have with us a true icon making a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars. Mickey, what's <laughs> up, buddy? <laughs> hey, guys. How are you? Good to see you. Doing uh doing fantastic. We're uh we're having some uh some All Saints cigars with us tonight. Um, trying to beat the heat. Trying to beat the heat. Yeah. It's yeah. very hot and humid here in Boston. So, uh, if you can see the glare, it's we're yeah, it, it's sweaty. <laughs> it's sweaty. It's sweaty. I'm definitely gonna need another shower after this. I've already showered twice today. Um, so it, you know it's crazy. I was reading in the uh, the news this week. There's a lot of celebrities who have come forward and said that they don't believe in showering daily. Have you seen that? Wasn't it Mila Kunis? Yeah, and Ashton Kutcher, yeah. Like, and then it was also um, it was also um, uh, my other favorite couple there, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. Huh. I believe also said the same thing. And then I think The Rock came out and was like, "Yeah, that's just stupid. I shower like twice a day." <laughs> so I don't know. I mean. If you ever met a cigar sales rep or a cigar guy on the road, we don't have to shower. You're not going to smell it because of the smoke. It's it's true, it's true. The 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 smoke covers everything up. It covers up the bo, the sweat, yeah. the, you know, the whole thing. There's so. no point trying to fight it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like. Absolutely you know, not. Holly Mandel goes. Oh, that's great. He goes because he's such a a germaphobe. He goes, that's great. That, that's just more water for me to clean up. You know? He was excited. Hmm. <laughs> one way to look at it. Don't recall. Oof. These are so good. We'll start with Mickey, and then we'll go around the table, and we'll end with me. But, Mickey, what are you smoking tonight? I'm actually smoking our newest release that just came out. Um, and it's it's shipping now. It's the St. Francis. Ooh. Um, so that uh, we were able to really showcase it at the PCA. Unfortunately, some of the samples that you guys got didn't get the cigar band on it because uh, we had to get the other ones off the market so the consumers could get those. And uh, But you got some other special things in there, I know. And uh, what that has, that has an Oscuro uh, wrapper on it from Ecuador, uh, Ecuador and Habano. And it's uh, fillers are Nicaraguan and um, binders Nicaraguan, binders is Nicaraguan. And it's made in the Tabacusa factory in Esteli. So nice. I don't want to say too much because uh, you might ask me a question. <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. Don't worry. Um, Nicole, what are you smoking over there? Um, I'm smoking the St. Francis, Colorado. Ooh. So from what I understand, uh, after our chat with Mickey at the trade show, uh, this is a cigar that's coming out later this year, around October. From what right? I understand, Oops, uh, after our chat with Mickey at the trade show. And uh, the, the name on that will be dominant will be Colorado with an underscore of St. Francis. Ah. The blends, uh, the blends are on the same uh, on the same level. The percentages of what we put in there is a little bit different, and obviously a different style wrapper. So, and um, then also, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just going to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying no. there. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm having the All Saints Dedication Habano, which is also a new release. Yes, out. sir. I love that one. 
and I have that right here. Again, with the factory bands on it, uh, for those who are listening along with us who can't see, it's a very simple band. Um, but again, you know, it's for the consumers. You know, they, they need the uh, the nice bands and the box presentation, which is very important. So, um, Well, I can, tell you, I can tell you right now, there's only 100 of those uh, out there right now. Huh. And that was there for the people at PCA, for the retailers, and uh, for the media. So... Uh, we a hundred of those went out there, so you're 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 uh, you're in the one percentile right now. You're yeah, one percenter. It's it's an ex- it's a very exclusive group, um, and I'm very honored to smoke well, the cigar. Exclusive, yeah. The uh, it's got it's so far. I mean, I'm I'm still fresh, almost freshly lit here, and it's it has an amazing draw to it. A lot of nice flavor to this cigar. Um, I like the box press on it. Um, which all of them, they all have a, a nice box press to them, uh, which is something I do enjoy. So, and, and, and it just, you can tell so far, especially construction wise, it's been done really well. Um, and I'll have to smoke the rest of the guard, the cigar to see how it ends up being, but so far so good. Um, but, um, if you head over to our friends at two guys, cigars.com, you can pick up all saints cigars, such as the day, the, uh, I almost dropped the ball. The dedication. The dedication. Um, <laughs> Call it dedication. That's fine. Garofalo calls it dedication. Barry calls it dedication. Mr. John calls it dedication. Uh, Ed Santa Maria calls it dedica- dedication. But it's, de- yeah, that's a whole other story. Dedication. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went back and forth with it. And, I, you know, it's like one of the, it's like any of those things. People call it one way. Some people call it a different way. You just got to pick a side and stick with it. But, yeah, right. I mean, in, in, in terms of like Garofalo and Barry and the guys on Cigar Authority, they are known for poor pronunciation of some brands too, which is funny. It's kind of like a, one of their running gags on the show. Um, Mr. Mr. Jonathan, like no wonder he's <laughs> like I think is it Dave who's known for pronouncing an Argonorsa leaf instead of Agonorsa leaf? <laughs> he doesn't pronounce anything right, and everything's full body. <laughs> you have to like the shit before it's full body. You gotta put it in your mouth and smoke it first. Ah, it's full body. So head over to twoguyscigars.com and check out All Saints Cigars and get yours today. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Um so Mickey, you know, there's a lot we can get into tonight. There's a lot we can talk about um while we smoke these amazing cigars uh that no one has right now. So you've had um how do I want to slice and dice this? So, I mean, you, you were in the cigar industry for a while, and then you left. Yeah. And then you went into the yeah. financial field for a little while. And then you decided uh, it's time for you to come back. But when you came back, you did it your way. You did it with your own brand, um, which launched officially uh, in November of 2019 on All Saints Day. Very fitting oh. for yeah. All Saints Cigars. Um, yeah. But prior to that, so you had worked for uh, Georgetown Tobacco, I believe. Right. And that's kind of where you got your introduction into the cigar business. So tell me a little bit about that in terms of what was it about the cigars that, you know, that that became your passion? Yeah, if, if you would have asked me in college and out of college, uh, if I'd be in the cigar industry, I, I told you, I'd tell you you're crazy. Um, basically, I think I've told the story before, but uh, I was fetching cigars for a senator. And back then, you wanted your you wanted to 
pump up your resume. So what you did on your resume is you got internships and you didn't have to pay interns back then. Right. But you were so eager to do these internships. You, you did them. And uh, what he would do is there wasn't Uber, there wasn't Venmo, there wasn't, you know, any of those type of situations and everything was primarily cash. That was 1989. I was a junior at the Catholic university in Washington, DC. And it was the spring. And uh, if you did a good job, they would send you on errands. You wanted to run errands. That means you did a good job and you actually got to keep the leftover cash of what they gave you. So uh, my job was to get in a cab, go from Capitol Hill down to Georgetown to Georgetown Tobacco, mm -hmm. grab cigars, get in a cab, go back, any leftover cash uh, I got to keep. And um, Pretty good gig. Somebody didn't show this, yeah, it was a great gig. And, and if somebody didn't show up for that cigar, you got to sit in with the senator and the senator might be on the phone with the president of the United States and or, or wherever they're on with and listen to this and smoke a cigar. You know, you're you're 20 years old watching this. So after doing that for so long, uh, David Berkebile, owner of uh, Georgetown Tobacco, just turned 81, 56 years in the business, uh, offered me a job uh, as a part time sales associate. And that's where it all kind of started from there. And um, right then, you know, they talk about the cigar boom. You know, I don't really think it was a boom. I think it was like a boom that it came out of the cannon because it never really came down. It just kind of the growth just kind of slowed. And I don't think the growth really slowed at all. If anything, it settles and keeps going up. So more like uh, a revolution, really. Yes, um, in, in a good way. So, yeah. it, you know, if you talk to Charlie Tarano, my old my old pal from the old days he, he would tell you that don't say revolution it was an exodus you know all that but uh yeah <laughs> it was revolution. um it came out of the cannon and and the cannonball is you have to come down let's keep it that way but it, it was uh, it was a great opportunity and uh what happened was, there was george padrone i tell the story all the time i was just talking to him at the pca an old dear friend he was just helping to taking his dad taking the anniversary anniversaries out to out to market and uh, they needed help doing these cigar events. And George said, hey, Mickey, can you do me a favor? Can you go to the Cosmopolitan Club, which is um, an exclusive dining, one of the exclusive dining clubs in Washington, D.C., and can you talk about my cigars? I'll give you a box of cigars, and I'll give you some cash. And um, I said, okay, so let me get this right. i got to put a suit on, go have an eight-course meal, uh, smoke the cigars, get some cash, walk with a box of cigars, and also have a chance to push my resume. You know, to work at Capitol Hill because David Berkebile made everybody have their resumes done and on file in case you had that opportunity to get a job. Georgetown Tobacco was a very active place at that time. A lot of diplomats came in there. Right. There was a lot of status. And people would always say, hey, send me your, when you get a chance, send me your resume. You, you seem like a good kid. And you never hear from him. But if you had it right there, David made sure you you had to have your resumes there. You'd hand them out. So I would literally carry my resumes in my suit jacket. You're always in a suit back there. Right. Um, and then it just kind of, and I was chasing, you know, dreams for Capitol Hill. And then uh, from there, Davidoff approached me and offered me a, a regional job. So. And then you became a and sales they, rep for Davidoff. Yes. And, I, and they were in a broker sales force. I know we have a broker environment now. Um they were going from a broker to a direct sales force. I helped them go from a broker to a direct sales force, helped them with, they had a, a point of merchant contracts. Uh, Graflo can tell you a little bit about that. 
And I found a way to make that a little bit easier for that digestible because it was more of a manufacturer telling the retailer what to do. And that, that's kind of hard sometimes. And I loved my experience there. It was just, it was just time for me to move on. Yeah. Um, it's simply because I saw the glass ceiling and, um, Matter of fact, at long gone after I left, all those same people in those same spots. And I just, I, I think I, I wanted more and I needed more. And then CAO offered me that opportunity to do that. And then when I was CAO, matter of fact, uh, I was just here, I'm sitting here in Wooden Indian in Havertown. And I walk in and Miguel Shodell's in here, one of the guys that I uh, hired in the industry. And now he's just doing wonders with John Huber and all my old buddies over at Crown Heads. Um, you know, came in and then CAO, you know, we, we went to the next level and uh, the family sold and um, Scandinavian Tobacco bought us. And then a year later, they rolled it into general. And a year later, all of us were gone. I was the first one to go. And I came back to the Philadelphia area where I was living originally before I moved to Nashville for CAO, finished up my master's at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia and uh, chased a financial career selling mutual funds, uh, wrapped into uh, retirement plans. And I, I got to a point where I'm like, this is great. This is, you know, family's great. I, after 20 years in, I have to get back in. So this process started in 2017. Um, and then obviously fast forward, uh, I was in the factories in 18, couldn't get down to the factories in 18 simply because the political climate was very tough to be down there. Right. I got down there in 19, very excited to take stuff to market. Uh, the first container to ever come in at a time uh, after spending a year down there. And that's one of the reasons I named that first line dedication. It was a little nod to the people working in the factories and the fincas. You spent so much time with them. I wanted a little nod to them. <clears throat> uh, came in February of 2020. March 17th, we're going to do our big press release. Coop, of course, had new new stuff before my wife did about what was going on. Uh, that guy's unbelievable. Uh, and uh, I talked to him about it, and we just kind of kept our heads low for a couple months, and finally I just went out and hit the streets, and that's where we are today. So, but don't call uh, it. But do, but but don't call it a comeback. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it was a hiatus. Yes. It was a hiatus. You took a break. Hey, you know what? Everyone needs to take a break once in a while. It's good for everybody. Well, you know what's funny is when I was selling mutual funds, everybody asked me about cigars. Now I'm going around seeing my old friends and getting back in and setting up our accounts with all some of my old friends. All they want to do is talk about, because in the markets, they want to talk about mutual funds. I'm like, okay. Well, the mutual fund and the cigar are very similar at the end of the day. So. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I was reading a little bit about... Uh... A little bit about that earlier, and I like how uh, you kind of compare mutual funds and finance to the makeup of a cigar. And if I remember correctly, yeah. um, like the stocks were the fillers, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So a mutual funds is basically a bucket of stocks, right? Yeah. And you have a style. So that could be whatever blend or whatever body or style you have. There's always, a you know, the, that wrapper that you put on there is always distinctive, right, that we – we always talk about, and there's always a debate how much that influences the cigar and what it doesn't. That wrapper inside of a mutual fund is your um, is uh, that wrapper would basically be the style. The binder in a cigar would basically be that one major stock that holds it. Apple stock, which is in almost every single freaking mutual fund, whether they admit it or not. And then your fillers, all the other different stocks that are in there, that and it kind of keeps it together. 
because you know in Nicaragua, uh, most of the people down there, when you talk about your recipes and you're putting your percentages and you put all these pieces together, they don't like. They're not like the Dominican with the single binder, and they they the, the they talk about the binder as much as part of the recipe. So you know, I learned from a bird's eye view the industry, or I should say the factories and the fincas from my Davidoff days, taking customers down there, because I used to have to entertain all the customers down in Dominican Republic. Right. Um, um, and then I actually, you know, really cut my teeth, you know, being on the blending team with John Huber and Tim Osgener and those guys at CAO uh, and learn those little intricacies about what they do and what they talk about their blend. Everybody does it, has a different style, mm-hmm. the architecture, the way the leaf and all, all the, you know, all the boring stuff you've heard a million times, but yeah. It's it's very similar. I'm gonna have to pick his brain. I just downloaded yeah. TD Ameritrade. I'm I'm trying to read up. <laughs> Nicole <laughs> wants to get in, Nicole wants to get into in some investments. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, you might have to have a little offline conversation yeah. with her on that. That might be uh, yeah. you might you, you might be the guy. I, 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 yeah, because <laughs> I, I am. I think I'm still licensed. My licenses don't ah. expire. Oh, they they might expire soon. But so technically, even though I'm not attached to a brokerage. I'm not allowed to give advice. Damn. Hmm. That's fine. But okay. I can. You can guide. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my research. I'm trying to like watch as many YouTube videos. I can tell you where to do your research. Okay. That's good. That's, That's good. good. That's all we need. Yeah. Just need to step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't trust me with our money. <laughs> <Buy and hold. laughs> That's what buy that means. Somebody's gonna jump on here and yell at me, but buy and hold, buy and hold, okay. buy and hold. Especially as young as you guys are. Uh, buy and hold. Okay. I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit our news segment really quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll jump back into this. Our news segment is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe Cigars, become an ambassador today. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com, you can sign up, become an official ambassador, and receive your official ambassador coin and number. Um, our I'm going to make this quick. Our news today is a little bit more on the political side. It's you know FDA. Uh, Swisher International sues the FDA over September 9th pre-market approval enforcement. Um, this is obviously part of the ongoing battle of us, everything, of the cigar community, <laughs> industry. My text started at 3.30 this morning on this freaking issue. Uh, do you have anything you want to say on it? This, the floor yeah. is yours. If you... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's 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 like a game of it's like a game of tennis. You know, it just keeps going back and forth, and it's the FDA once again, you know, putting stuff out there, and the industry come fires back, and they try to sue. You know, the substantial equivalence is a big part of it, and uh, you know, it, it's it's an ongoing issue. And anyone who who kind of sits here and goes, "Oh, they're talking about the FDA again," and they just think like, "Well, it's just this thing that goes on." This is always, I like to bring these ones, I don't really like to get too, like, balls deep into them, so to speak, for lack of a better term, because I know it is dry, and it's uh, it's the same shit. I like to read the, but I like to, I like to. It is important. Yeah, and I like to at least read the headline and bring it up, because it's a reminder that, you know, even consumers, you know, listening at home, like, this affects you too, and this is why you need to be a part of organizations like Cigar Rights of America, um, and, you know. very good. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, support, you know, like Premium Cigar Association of America. Um, you know, in those are the organizations that are opposing FDA, They're, you know, alongside manufacturers um, and a lot of other people within I, I, the industry. 
Yeah, I think from a consumer standpoint, you know, so it's almost like you put an asterisk next to that conversation and then whatever. But if they go to the CRA, and that's where they can actually have a really good understanding and, and get a little bit more in depth about what you're talking about. Because for some of us, I mean, I know a lot of your watching community is um, uh, might be a little bit not know all the details of that. But I encourage you to really go take a look at that. And I'm sure you can go to uh, Matt and Nicole's site and, and, and find that uh, CRA or one of the places that will, or even Half Wheel, give you a little bit more insight of what that means, how that's translatable to you as a consumer. Yeah, I so, mean, we have we have the table thing is that it could be more expensive if you don't pay attention and, and help. So yeah, yeah, I mean, we have the links to the CRA and the PCA and all those organizations on our website. If you head to SmokingTobacco.com, you can find Cigar Rights of America. Um, you know, you can sign up and be a member yourself. Um, and your money is that you sign up for membership. It's not much, but it goes towards the cause. Um, you know, it is, a do it's in a sense, think of it as a donation that helps fund this fight um, to protect this lifestyle that we all love and enjoy so, so much. Um, so, again, I, I like to bring that up. I use it as a news topic, but I also use it as my segue to bring up cigar rights because it is so, so important for us. Um, but getting back to Mickey, um, so we've talked a little bit about your early days or your salad days, so to speak. We talked about, you know, getting into Davidoff and then going to CAO. And now you're here with All Saints. So from what I understand, the All Saints – tell me tell me a little – I'll let you tell the story because uh, I know the story, but I, I want you to tell the story. It's it's your story. Tell us a little bit how the All Saints name came to be. Yeah, so it's interesting. So uh, we knew that uh, – the. I have two partners and um, long dear friends. One of the partners is the godfather, my oldest daughter. Uh, but we knew that the first line of cigars that we came out with wanted to be um, dedicated to the people in my life and our lives. Uh, so we knew it was going to be dedication. And I couldn't believe that we got past trademark with dedication. Dedication, dedication, it doesn't matter if it's Spanish or English. It's all, if you trademark one, you're trademarking the other, multiple languages, whatever. So uh, we're sitting there, and so we need a line, and we're like, all right, what's, you know, what are we going to call What are we going to call it? We had these names. You know, they wanted to call it Bowtie because I used to wear a bow tie, Mickey Peg. I'm like, I don't want to name anything after me because um, it's a group effort, and there's just a lot of different things. And my buddy Martin, who's the godfather of my oldest daughter, Tierney, starts laughing. He goes, well, Mickey, that's Michael, St. Michael, Frank, St. Francis. And he goes, all saints. I'm like, well, Martin, there's no freaking St. Martin. What is that? I've never heard of St. Martin. He goes, yeah, there's islands named after it. Mm. And we had a couple drinks. True. And we started laughing. And we're like, no, the islands aren't named after you. They're named after the saint. He goes, but you just said there wasn't a St. Martin. I'm like, all right. And we just liked the name All Saints, and it really, and it came together. What happened was, uh, which I should have told this in the beginning, when I kept referring to all these beautiful people in my life, all these mentors and all these people that I had, and I know that's very passionate for you guys because you talk about it quite a bit in your shows, and uh, I, I loved watching your your Bear segment. I, I love Bear, and um, you, you know, I, I kept referring to him as Saints, and I think that's what sparked Martin for that idea. Mm. Like David Berkemile, we named our Robusto. Uh, Berkey after David Berkebile, the one we talked about, Georgetown Tobacco. Our Toro is named Commandant. 
I went to Valley Forge Military Academy. Um, and more for high school. More importantly, uh, my my partner Frank Leo went to the Air Force Academy. Also, he calls his son Berkey too, but spelled a little bit different. Uh, the six by sixty are huge. I call everybody huge. It's funny, like a Condor or or, or, or Huber or those guys. They if you text huge, it autocorrects to Hugo. So now I also have a nickname Hugo. So. Ah. Wendell, like, if I can't remember your name, I just call you huge. So I thought it was appropriate for the 6x60. And then the Commandant, our, I mean, I'm sorry, our Churchill 7x48, I call a coach. And that's really not to, a uh, big nod to um, uh, a coach I had in high school, uh, Jim Berner, and uh, big time to Fred O'Connor, who was my coach at Catholic University and college. Um, and, uh, but it's also coaches, another team I affectionately call my mentors, especially if I'm in a mentor and mentor E environment, if that, if that's correct. So, um, and we really wanted that first line to come out and that's why if you see a box of our cigars are 10 over 10, we really wanted that to, you know, you know, tell the story, you know, the initial right. story. So now I, I was reading something about you, you know, you talk about building a brand, one of the things that I read is that you are something that you really believe in is brand fatigue. And uh, that's something yeah. that you really try to work into your everyday strategy of how not only you promote your brand, but you grow your brand from the inside. Um, tell us a little bit more about kind of what your strategy has been on that with a world full of, you know, we talked about there being a, a boom that really never ended. All these brands have just kind of come out of the woodwork. Successful brands, a lot of good brands, a lot of cigars are available. But how does, you know, someone like you starting off newer brand, you have experience in the industry, but you have a newer brand in a sea of very popular names. What, how do you set yourself apart from that? How do you plan to set yourself up for the future? Uh, stupidity. A lot of whiskey. Um, <laughs> Great mix. So I, I, you know, I, I would say like brand fatigue. We all get brand fatigue, you know, with anything. I, and I don't care how loyal you are there's still always an inch of brand fatigue and, and you'll flirt with something else. So I was very conscious of that. Um, but you know, my thing was that what can we do to differentiate ourselves? And that's also, that's a question that doesn't have an answer. Mm. It does, but it has a timestamp on it. Right. And it's like the timestamp of a goldfish. It, you know, you got, you know, the goldfish remember stuff for 10 seconds. You got to move on. So, yeah, so that's, that, that's where that's, where that's, that's important. So what can you do to stay relevant, you know, with your growth? If you look at some of these great companies now that are doing it and they're growing their brands and they're growing their companies, they're finding ways and the way they are staying successful is they're finding a way to create new identities for their brands and, and they, and they keep lively the way they, they interact. And then those are the people that survive. So when I say that, you know, brand fatigue, you know, I also say it to myself, you know, sometimes when if I'm talking to a person, I'm actually talking to myself, reminding myself of what we need to do, what we, what we should try to avoid doing. Um, but, you know, bring a, you know, bring something to the table that, that is a little different, um, but it is the same in a sense. So, um, there's some great people out there, you know, that that do a great job of that. You, you know, some of them you talk well about them. You know, Sock does a great job of that. Um, 
Obviously, Huber does a great job of that. Uh, Drew Estates have, has done a tremendous job. They've got to a behemoth and still do that, and you know, still in that corporate, you know, in that corporate structure, and still keeping that going and, and that energy going. Um, you know, so that that's something that we always have to be aware of. You know, you want to always connect with the consumer. The consumer is the number one person in the in the entire operation, but you have to absolutely respect one thousand percent the conduit of how your cigar gets to them. Mm. Everything from a marketing, imaging, the way they tell the story, um, to the the way the brand gets to them, whether you're you know the way you the the the, the cellophane, uh, putting a, a, a bovida in the box and, and sealing it and all that stuff, because at the end of the day, you're ultimately responsible for that, you know that brand, the way it comes across from a everything from a tangible standpoint, and I say tangible from a flavor profile. Uh, all the ways to an image. Does somebody want to wear a smoking tobacco uh, hat? Does somebody want to wear an All Saints hat? That's branding. That's one piece of it. Um, you know, I'm not as swagalicious as everybody else, but I believe in swag. You know, uh, in, in cigars. You know, so it's it's got to touch all the senses. You know, at one point and keep fresh. It's like you know, you know, congratulations, you guys got engaged a couple weeks ago. Um, I just celebrated my 22nd anniversary. You have to re. What are you doing to always re? You don't have to. You haven't crossed this bridge yet. But you know, what are you doing to to keep that 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 spark alive? You know, one of my favorite things to do, and it drives her crazy because she thinks I'm being a kiss ass, is I still <laughs> refer to my wife as my bride. You know, I've always called her my bride from the day that we got married on August 7th, um, 22 years ago. So yeah, it's those things you have to do that. You, 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 that you know, when you get on the road, how do you, you know, when you're on the road and you're out there grinding it and it's something you want to do and grinding, I don't like the name, but it's just a great way to do it. You get a little tired. What are you doing to keep it fresh? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? You know, you listen, you know, and, and have fun with it. So yeah, brand fatigue. Does that right. answer the question? I think so. <laughs> well, like you said, it, covered most of it. well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it doesn't have a very definitive answer, but no. you answered it, I think the best way you could. Uh, and I try to ask the difficult yeah, questions yeah, when I can. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many options for cigars and people are just, they're willing to try new things. I feel like nowadays just compared to other times. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's, you've got to be compelling. What are you doing to be compelling yeah. to like people to gravitate them to your brand? Let's try it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like this came up, uh, I'm trying to go off of memory here. Because uh, I was at the Cigar Authority episode last weekend, and uh, this came up. I can't remember the conversation, but I remember this this topic came up. There was a time when, uh, like, I think the question was uh, popular cigars by region uh, or country of origin. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the conversation, but the the the, con the 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 basis of it was like, if you ask people, like, you know, what their favorite is, you know, t 20 years ago, maybe you'd get you know, Dominican. And like now it's like you got Nicaragua and you have like Honduras is like getting popular now and Dominican. I think, they, yeah, they had a poll actually. There was a poll they were going off of and like Costa Rica was on there. Um, you know, with brands such as like Byron Atabay, uh, and Dominican was not even, I don't even think in the top three. Um, so it, it, yeah. it, but it's funny cause there was a time when like people were like Dominican and like that was what people smoked. And now there's just so many varieties. That are available. Well, I mean, um, well, the interesting thing about that is, is that they actually know that they're smoking a cigar from 
that where that's fabricated. First mm. of all, so that, we're talking about fabrication or where it's actually produced. Right. Or do you talk? Do they know that's from there or not? So, for instance, so when I first got in the business, Dominican was the California. Obviously, Cuba was the France. You know, old world, new world. Um, they never the old world, new world is a term that's been going on in retro in retro hailing for about the last ten years, right? So. Um, when, when people, when you rule a thumb, when I was in retail back in 1989, 1990, if somebody said they wanted a mild, medium or full bodied cigar, they, if they said mild, you immediately took them to a, a, a DR cigar, right? If they said full bodied, you took them right to Nicaragua. If they wanted medium, you took them to a Honduran cigar. The, that there wasn't that many out there though. Christian with his cigars at that time were really full body. He was just coming on the scene. You know, with his dad, because his dad's always been behind the scenes, and his brother, who's now obviously getting back out there. And Christian and I talk about it all the time. And it, it, it's just interesting. Uh, do you, when they say that, do they know what they're talking about? So, for instance, Lido crushed it with, he crushed the whole rule of thumb. He broke the thumb hmm. with that full body smoke coming out of the DR. He owned a company called Los Diplomaticos and then changed it to La Florida Dominicana when he bought the, the factory mm-hmm. uh, with Inez. Uh, this is right after he got out of the jewelry business. And uh, Carney can tell this story a lot better than I could. Uh, I'm going after my, my memory from being a, working in retail at the time. Right, right, and, right. And then people were making milder cigars in Central America. So that's happening. Now you can make a you can make a nice mild cigar in Honduras, Nicaragua. You can. It's a little bit tougher, um, you know, just because of the torcedores and a lot of a couple other different reasons. That's going to change. Abdel is doing that one thousand percent. He's the new disruptor. You know, Lido was the first disruptor of that rule of thumb. He broke the thumb. We like to say he broke the thumb. Like at least I like to say he broke the thumb uh, in a good way. So, and that's, that's changed the game. And that's why you have old world Cuba. There's only one old world Cuba. Right. And now new world is all kind of lumped together and you can see what they're having, you know, what's going on with that. And look at Carlito. Carlito could freaking make any, anything he wants. Just using Dominican tobacco. Right. At any, any strength level, you know, so. Well, I mean, you said, you know, you bring up Carlito, you know, there was a time when, you know, kind of on this topic, you know, there was a time when you couldn't grow rappers in the Dominican Republic. And when he said he well, was going to, yeah, they tried and they failed. And he said, you know, one of the things he said was, well, you know, I want to make everything. And, you know, I want to make a, you know, I want to be able to make the whole thing. I don't want to be buying. Yes. And they were like, you're so stupid. You're never going to, you don't get it. You don't, you'll, you'll learn, you'll learn. And, you know, in 19, was it 1995? Opus X comes out, and you couldn't keep them yep. in stock. And he and that's another like change in the game. Like, okay, now we now we can grow Dominican rapper. Right. You know, so but, it, it, but look what Abdel's doing down in, in freaking Central America. Yo, yeah. Now Rocky is doing it with that 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 Connecticut style. Connected style rapper, they're yeah. working on it. These next couple of crops, you're going to see some really interesting things coming out of Central America. Some really fantastic things. I'm down there. I see it. It's amazing. 
I'm like, uh, am I going to be able to buy some of this? Like, <laughs> um, so, you know, it, 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 it's funny and, it, and it's just, um, and, and that's what's so awesome and so fascinating about the industry. You know, I, I, I've been kind of likening the cigar industry to kind of like the craft beer movement in a way. Cause I mean, again, there was also a time when it was like, you had your, you had your Budweiser, you had your Miller, you had your Coors, you know, you had, you know, Yingling, Pennsylvania. Uh, now, I mean, you, you got all these, like these craft brews and micro brews and like everyone has a, as a brewery now and they're working on different blends and with different ingredients and the cigar industry is a lot like that. You know, you have a lot more different yeah, things being your small batch and your limited editions and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot more of that now. People are really expanding and experimenting with all these different things. And it's really changed. I think it's changed the whole game uh, of just not only from a retail standpoint, from a consumer standpoint, from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, even for us. I mean, like, you know, you you go to a trade show. Like, we were all just at PCA. You go to a trade show, you go to all the booths, and you, you see all the different brands there, and they all have, like, you know, 30 varieties of all these different cigars and different tobaccos. Uh, some manufacturers are working with different, you know, countries too. So I'm like a Dominican, Nicaraguan, you know, they, they have a variety, you know, Oh yeah. and, and it's, it's kind of hard to keep it all. And you're like, you're trying to like keep it all. Okay. So they get, they, they're working with this, 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 and this, but you know, and these guys are working with this, this, and this, and, um, it's challenging, but it also, it, it, it kind of keeps everything fresh. Cause you're kind of always trying something new. You're not really just in the same spot all the time. Um, yeah. which is good, you know, and it's part of the evolution of the industry. So, yeah, Hanky Kellner was one of the first guys to do that because I remember when I was working at Davidoff and I was taking people down to the factories and he called, for different reasons, he called a long time ago that Connecticut rapper, when I say Connecticut rapper, from Connecticut Valley. Right. And as we know, Connecticut rapper is not all, it's not from Connecticut, it's from Connecticut Valley. So Connecticut rapper could be Massachusetts, could be, it, comes out of that, it comes out of that valley and Nick Maleo does a great job of explaining that. Um but he knew at a certain point there was going to be some kind of shortage. Uh, 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 now, I'm going back 20 years ago or 20-something years ago for other reasons. And that's why they Ecuador. He put Ecuador. In. Now, you know, when you talk about shade wrapper, you know, what is shade wrapper? Is it cheesecloth? Is it clouds? Is it jungle? You know, Cameroon basically is a shade wrapper, but it's shaded by the jungle. Um, right. You know, Connecticut, it's cheesecloth. In Ecuador, it's the clouds, you know. So... Uh, and he identified Ecuador as a great uh, growing country, and he was one of the first ones. And people were were bar knuckling him a little bit about, you know, experimenting with rappers out of Ecuador. Now, how many how many different styles of Ecuadorian rapper do we have? I mean, hell, you got three of them sitting right in front of you. Yeah. For me, you know, you got an Oscuro, you got you got a you got a Colorado, you know, uh, and then you got a regular Habano. Yeah. But they're all Ecuadorian. But it's all different primings, different you know, different things that, that happen to the rapper. And there's different styles, there's different regions, and so yeah, it's interesting. And it's funny you 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 slice it down even a little further. You know, you can you can even get into you take all those different varieties, and then you get into just how they're fermented. You know, people have so many different methods of how they even ferment the cigars, how long, where, uh, the conditions that they use. You know, and then how they age it after, you know, it's, it's a whole, there's a whole science. And I, and I think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, are aware of the manufacturing side and even, even let's go before that, just the farming side 
of how cigars are made. And, you know, it's not even just like, you know, you go to a cigar shop and you see all these facings and you're like, wow, look at all the variety. You look at the farm, look at the variety of just the tobaccos that they have. And then the variety of just what they're doing with it and how they're fermenting it and what they're using it for. I mean, they, they, we're going to use this. We're going to ferment it like this. We're going to roll it for this and age it this way. And, you know, they're doing it in so many different combinations. Uh, it's crazy and, uh, it's, it can be hard to keep up with, but, uh, endless variation. Yeah. It's really, really, it's like endless variation. Um, yeah. Pete Townsend talks about it all the time. You know, if if you put, if we're all sat in a room, let's say the three of us, they gave us the same ingredients and we went into different rooms with our different torsadors and our different influences on who influences us come out, you're going to have three different cigars. Same ingredients, you know, um, and, and that, that, that's true. Like that, it's just it's different thing. You put the leaf in, in, in the fermentate. Well, you talked about the different fermentations. You know, everybody thinks fermentation is just one spot. It's constantly going through. There's the th- uh, pre-industry. You know, for the consumers out there, I guess pre-industry is. There's a lot that happens in pre-industry that could determine what that tobacco is going to do once it gets rolled. And everybody has a different way they do pre-industry. Uh, and it's, a, it's a weird name, but it's uh, what they do, what way they take the community out, put it back in, what they do, where they put it, what height, how they do it, how they aerate it before it goes into the pylons. Everybody has a different system, in Nicar- at least I know in Nicaragua. Uh, and Honduras, yeah, I know about a couple locations in Honduras, but Honduras is pretty um, unilateral, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, even <clears throat> there's a manufacturer who I know, um, you know, even on the post-roll aging, you know, that uh, they oh, yeah. they they age them for for four or five years, and uh, and an especially made humidor with various kinds of cedar wood that gets uh, sanded down annually to keep it fresh, and the way that they fluctuate the humidity from sure. extremely high to extremely low, and kind of fill it with moisture, dry it out, and just kind of sponge through, you know. And there, and again, as you say, well, I everyone... Know, I do that. I know. Yeah, but yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not going to say any names, but I know. I, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't right. going to say any names either, but I was just saying for the sake of the, you know, for the for the conversation, you know. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got these like, methods that they do, and, and, and they do that, but maybe, you know, uh, down at, at my father, you know, uh, they do something different. And then, you know, uh, the Aroas, they do something different from those two. And everyone has their own recipe. But at the end of the day, all the cigars come out and you smoke them and they all taste different. And, and you hope that, you know, they're usually good quality. And most of them are uh, for the most part. Um, sometimes you get a stinker, but, you know, that's that's kind of far and few between these days. You know, most cigars are pretty damn good. They're yeah, um, all good. But, Nicole, you uh, want to lead us into uh, the top three segment? Yes, top three. I'm curious. What are your top three whiskeys? <laughs> um, Sorry to put you on the spot. Irish and Scotch. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's an easy answer. Yeah, I know, right? Come on. Br- Come on, I want names. names. I want names. We're always looking for something new. <laughs> It's funny that you say that. And um, when I 
was out there and I was national sales manager and VP of CAO and going out there. My ballywick was always pick up a couple of bottles and we would pair it up and did it. now everybody like when I came back in there like, Are you gonna wear a bow tie? Are you gonna do the are you gonna do the bourbon pairings and all this stuff? And I said, I used to get happy by the case for free. Huber can attest to this. Mm -hmm. They would come down and give us and I couldn't believe from that moment, those couple of years I was out, how this explosion, like you can't get Blanton's and stuff like that. So I will tell you that I am a bourbon guy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a rum guy. So when I'm stateside, uh, I'm bourbons. And when I'm in the factories, I drink a, not a tremendous amount because my mother-in-law might be watching, uh, of Florida Kanye, uh, different ones and variations. But, um, I will tell you, my go-to, just kind of like sitting there, like having something with club soda and a little Diet Coke, a little splash of Diet Coke, which is vast for me, would be Evan Williams. Um, hmm. Evan Williams, interesting choice. My, my two favorite shipping right now would be Noah's Hill, Noah's Mill, and... Someone's been hanging out uh, with Steve Saka. <laughs> Steve Saga loves uh, Noah's Mill. <laughs> yeah, well, I I got a funny Thanksgiving. It's, it, it, it wouldn't resonate with you guys, but me and my cousin, one Thanksgiving, drank a whole bottle, and um, all right, I'll tell the story. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody from my in-laws are watching. So what happened was uh, is uh, I'm the oldest in my family for the most part, and my wife is the oldest, and – we all, my wife either hosts the parties or her parents host all the, 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 the big holiday parties. Yeah. So big tradition for us is Thanksgiving is we go down the shore, we go to Avalon and we have Thanksgiving down there. Uh, and it's just a really fun environment. And we have a big dinner and there's tables all over the place and sitting there. And traditionally me and my cousin, Jim, my cousin-in-law, Jimmy, uh, we always, we get a pass for my car, my whatever so we can drive on the beach because you can drive on the beach in the off season in avalon and we go and we smoke a cigar and might take a couple sips of bourbon driving up and down the beach enjoying very responsible and then we get back and then we finish our cigars and have some more bourbon so we're drinking those next thing you know it's almost time for dinner and we kill the bottle oh and wow i'm like so we sit down for dinner and another cousin-in-law, Billy, goes, uh, we're going to tell you, but I proposed to, you know, I proposed to Jen, and we're going to get married. I'm like, where are you guys going to get married? They're like, up in the, what's a thousand lakes, like Lake George or whatever that area, which mm -hmm. is like an eight-hour drop. Like, you can't fly there, you got to drive. And I go, oh, that's cute. Why, Jen, are you from, they, they met each other at the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm pretty sure that's where they met. And I go, that's so cute. Is that where your family's from? Is that where you guys used to summer? Because those families summer, you know, they, they use um, seasons as verbs. Mm -hmm. And I go, and I go, is that where? You, no, we went up there. We really liked it. And I'm so, I go, well, that's fucking stupid. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> we got to drive. We got kids. We got to Like, I got to go out there. Like, and, uh, and Jimmy looked at me and, he, and I go, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I went downstairs to my room and went to bed. <laughs> you know, it snuck up on us. I was like, um, but Billy did get it mad. He thought it was kind of funny too. But it was, uh, yeah. So no, it was, it's just so delicious. 
Such yeah. a great sipping. And what was your what was uh, your so what was my, your third one? The the third one uh, I would have to say is I always go to Wolford as just a you know, creature of habit. My exploratory on um, on bourbon and whiskeys uh, is not as much as it used to be, just because I'm so busy. But when I get a chance to go up to the 724 lounge and see Kurt and all that stuff, Kurt is on top of it. Like, hey, did you try this, Mick? Did you try that? And and uh, I go, is that why you have a hotel right next to it? <laughs> One time, I had a hotel in Boston. I'm doing sales calls up through New England, and. I still had my hotel room in Boston, but I, that night I had to get the hotel room right next to the 724 <laughs> <laughs> and then drive back down to Boston to get, change clothes for sales calls the next day. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, dangerous at Kurtz. I is. mean, he has everything. So, and he smiles the whole time and goes, Did you try this? I'm like, Does anything affect you? He's like the Kevlar of, 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 of whiskey. Well, not only that. Now he's getting into yeah. tequila, and he and he's he's done a really good job with that. He's got some really cool tequilas up there. You don't strike me God as a tequila you. guy, though. I'll do it, you know. But I, I spent some time in Mexico. I remember. I seem to remember at the end of the trade show, you and I were sitting at Bar Luca at the hotel, and uh, we were we were crushing some drinks. Oh, we had a good time. Uh, we we what did you? You ordered. What did you order? It was cute. Um, <laughs> it's cute. A margarita. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it was. I was drinking margaritas. That's like all I was drinking while I was oh, out there. Oh, that's not cute. Yeah, I drink margaritas. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I remember it was like the. I think it was the last day. It was. What happened? You were talking to me. You were talking to. Yeah, because we're at the corner, right? We're at the corner. Yeah, we were at the corner. We were sitting at the, at the corner bar. of the Circle Bar at Lucas Square, right? You know? Yeah. Everybody still calls it the Circle Bar. I know. Uh, yeah, the Circle Bar. For those, for the you guys, most people probably recognize that. Yeah, we were sitting at the corner. I was talking to you. I was talking to the folks from Nova, and then Fred Ruby came up, and then Fred Ruby was talking to me, and we were hanging out. And uh, what he what he ordered something cute too. What did he get? Oh, uh, good. He got he no well margaritas aren't cute. Um, I was just I, being a jerk. I want to say he got like a Manhattan or like a Cosmo or something like that. I can't remember. Or a martini. That's one guy I wanted to talk to more at the show that I didn't get a chance to talk to. Fred Rui? He used to talk to Yeah. Yeah. Really. He he he's a he's an interesting character. He did that great article. He did. Limelighted on smokingtobacco.com. He did. He did. Or moonlighted. Moonlighted. Whatever. M- moonlighted. He got some limelight as a moonlighter uh, on smokingtobacco.com. He wrote a great, great piece on how to blow smoke rings. Um, <laughs> and you can read all about it at smokingtobacco.com. Uh, but, yeah, no, those are some nice choices. Uh, the Noah's Mill is uh, is a decent one. I really like its its brother, the uh, the Rowan's Creek. That's a really good one for me. Um, it's 100. Okay. I think it's 100.1 proof. <laughs> And uh, yeah. but, but it's it's real smooth. It's real nice. Um, both of those come from the Willet Distillery. Um, yeah. I would say. I, I, you know, I, I, we do a as soon as they called it the poor man's pappy, everybody had to have it. Which one? All the Wellers. Oh, the Weller. Uh, oh, Weller. I didn't hear you say Weller. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, if we, Willet, I was. Willet. Willet. Oh, Willet. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Weller is definitely up there too, but it now has become. Yeah, we just talking about Willet. Yeah. 
I mean, Willett, yeah, is, I would say is, is like it's kind of a poor man's pappy. Uh, it, it, first it was Weller, then that became unattainable. Um, you know, if we're talking everyday whiskey, I'd be, you know, like standard Buffalo Trace, um, Rowan's Creek. Woodford Double Oaked. Uh, I, I don't like the I, – I would say my third would probably be the Jefferson. The Jefferson's a really nice bourbon. I really like Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I know you yeah. like the wood for double oaked. Yeah. What would your other two be? I'm really loving the horse soldier. Ooh, that is a good one. Um, horse soldier so bourbon. Guys, and I like my Weller. Out of, uh, out of uh, Florida? Yes. Yes. Yep. And I did like that sweet yes, wheat a lot. Who was a big proponent of that? Yeah, no, I actually, I was introduced. He talked to us about it on our um what like a christmas show because they did some sort of sampler with the horse soldier and some cigars um but we can't get it in new england so when we went down to florida i was able to get a bottle yeah i think you Um, bought a bottle of corona yeah yeah so it was uh you know who jeff bushwood bought his first barrel of whiskey with who was with it was whiskey because it was tennessee whiskey his first barrel that he ever bought now he's the biggest barrel buyer if not the biggest barrel buyer in the United States, his first barrel he ever purchased was with me and um, at the Jack Daniels Distillery. We were oh, down wow. the tasting, and I set it up. We went down there. We had the lemma. We took it down there, and and that's when he was able to start researching that special license to bring those barrels into Florida. Because Florida has weird kind of licensing. The first, yeah, yeah yes, bought it. We uh, the first barrel he bought. Yeah, I mean me. Jeff definitely. Uh... He's another one, especially if you're talking about like cigar shops or lounges, you know, who who has an impressive lineup of, I mean, bourbons, whiskeys in general, but a lot of stuff. Uh, but you, you look at his whiskeys and his barrels that he had. He has he, everything. He's got everything. I mean, cigars. He's got everything. Didn't buy barrels. Oh, everybody, everybody. It's interesting. I was with him when he bought his first barrel. It's. And we had so much fun. Yeah, it's, and it's amazing, and it, and that's another whole thing too. Is the whole you know the barrel picks now that have taken off, you know, and, and gotten way more popular, and, and people go nuts for them too. Um, you know, I, is is another thing about you know the the bourbon industry too now. It's just huge. It's all the barrel picks. Um, you know, Wellers. I mean, you talk about Weller when you can find it. You know, a regular Weller is great. You find a, a 107 barrel pick, it's like oh my god. You know, it's you know it's the end of the world. Oh my god, you find a Weller 107 barrel pick. Um, you know, and then it depends on, you know, who has it and whatever or not, you know, who, who picked the barrel. But yeah. I mean, we could get into whiskey too, but I don't think we have time for that. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that's our top three segment. Um, so Mickey getting back to cigars here, this cigar. So again, for those who maybe who just joined in or whatever, missed the beginning, uh, I'm smoking the All Saints Dedication Habano. And Nicole is smoking the All Saints St. Francis, Colorado. What do you think of that cigar? I love it. Really? It's, I find it to be mild for me. It's toasty. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. It's toasty, but it's not, yeah, um, you know, not too peppery. I, I enjoy it. I'm enjoying it right now. The one thing I like about this cigar is that it's got a little bit of spice, just a hint of pepper. It's not too much. It's enough where the flavor profile is just right and it's enjoyable. It's not overpowering. It's, it's very well balanced. It's not overpowering. Um, you know, for me, I get the pepper like right at the end. 
uh, and it's so subtle and it's like a nice finish. Um, and I really like the way that all, that kind of blended and came together. This is a great cigar. One of the things I noticed too is that um, the way they smoke, it, it reminds me so much of Padron. In like the and like how George is not fucking me saying this shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it you're reminds me. Like, you run around this country saying everybody you're uh, you're you're the poor man's padrone. I'm like no no no, it's only ten dollars. Stop it, George. I'm not saying that. It's not me. It's me. I'll say yeah. it. I'll say it. I I can say it. That's that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I it, it reminds me of like padrone in in terms of like. Just how loose that drawer is, how easy it burns, the amount of smoke it gives off, which I love, 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 and that's that's half it's of why I love me that like mouth watery. Yeah, feel like uh, at the bottom of my palate. Yeah, that's, good. Uh, that's awesome. You know, you know, her clocks, old dear friend of mine from obviously from the Davidoff days. We we got we had some fun catching up. Our, our models are a little bit similar the way we have with our partners and everything, and he always yeah like. I believe in salivation. You know, you talk about the palate and the umami. That was a debate when we first started talking about it. Hanky was one of the first guys that actually brought that to market. Everybody kind of talks about it now. I know Terrence is doing a great job yep. with that right now. Uh, he's, he's really taking it to the next level. Like, how do you reinvent that or how do you take that out to market? Because it's something that's always been done within the community. Um, and Terrence with the little puppetitos and all that stuff, uh, just amazing. But, uh, you talk to her clocks. One of his number one things is salivation, right? So, right? You don't want a dry mouth when you're smoking a cigar, right? No. So, no. And his whole thing is like, how long does it take me to reach for a glass of water? You know, when you're smoking, it, you know, you get that salivation. You talk about the salivation. That's great. That's that. That's what transports all those flavors around. So that it's a very integral part. And thank you for saying that. That that actually. One of the best compliments I've had. So yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not something that gets talked about. No, but we talked about it with Terrence Riley when we did the tasting with him. And, you know, the different tobaccos, when they stand out, you're sal- it's, uh, now I'm going to mess it up, but um, salivating oh. at different parts of your mouth, right? Right. They're stimulating different parts, different tobaccos. Yeah, you too, get your so. rail. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. Good. It's, a, it's an important. I guess Terrence does too, but yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like I don't hear enough in conversations. Um, maybe that's just me, but I, I, I and I think it's an important part because he's right. I like the the whole idea of well, how often am I grabbing you know for water um, when I am smoking a cigar. Um, but I feel like people don't get to that point until they're kind of diving deeper into trying to taste flavor notes and. That's true too. You know, they don't get to the point where they're noticing that yet. Yeah, so, I mean a lot of people the, the too. It, around the mouth though too. That's yeah. It's a it's a it's a transporter of that. So yeah, yeah. And one of the things like you know you pick up, um, which can be tough too. I mean it depends on like you know, sometimes it's your region too. If you're somewhere like in the Southwest, for example, you know we were all just out in Las Vegas in the desert. It was very hot and it was very dry. And cigars aside, you know mouth being really dry as it is from the dry climate. Um, I remember smoking through a lot of, we smoked a lot of cigars when we were out there. And I just remember too, like my palate was off, you know, cause my, I, I wasn't used to the dryness and my mouth was extra dry. And I felt like every cigar I smoked just tasted different than it normally does for me because it wasn't salivating as much as it used to, or that I'm used to. Um, 
you know, and, and, it, and it did, yeah, it changed. Matthew, in all fairness, though, you were working. So it's true. I mean, you're talking, doing interviews, smoking, you're trying to smoke, you're trying to do interviews. A lot of that activity takes away from, takes away from your palate a little bit. It's true. And it, it, it's funny. I looked at the last night. I looked at, I think it was right after you had that cute drink. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Um, and I looked at Terrence and I was like, Terrence, how are you? He goes, Mickey, how are you? I'm like, you lost your voice. He goes, yeah, I lost my voice. If you don't lose your voice at a trade show, you didn't do your freaking job. <laughs> it's funny. And I remember you saying that to me when we were there and it was, and it was funny because it was so loud there. Your voice comes across when I'm like, well, I'm, I'm watching your shows and stuff. And you're like, you're, sit, you're sitting right next to me. And I was afraid to lean in because they thought they, um, I'm going to try to kiss the guy with the cute beard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was, you know, well, man, beard. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, because you were a little, you were a little soft at the end too. Like your voice was a little soft at the end. I was beat. I was beat. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get a lot of sleep as most people yeah, don't. I, as a compliment. I don't see that as disparaging. Like, oh, I yeah. Guess. No. Yeah. I, I gave it all. So, that's why, and, you know, thank you for not smoking my stuff there and saving it for the show. That, that, that's, uh, that means a lot to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I try, you know, one of the things, a good, a good tip that, uh, a good friend of mine, <clears throat> William Cooper, a good little plug right out there, um, you know, taught me was, you know, when you go to the shows, uh, don't smoke that shit there. Bring it home. <laughs> let it age. I'm paraphrasing, but bring it home. Right. Let it age. Let it get, fr- you know, make sure they're fresh. Then try them. Don't smoke them out there because they're not going to be, they're not going to be their best. They get dried out and, you know, you're walking around with them all day. And so and <clears throat> I, r- I wait and I saved them. And lo and behold, they're great. They're fantastic. Um, Can I just say something real quick? Can I yeah, say go ahead. Coop? So Coop. You know, thank you for saying compliment that I actually read your articles because I do. Um, uh, but by the way, the Phillies won today in the uh, businessman special two to one over the Dodgers. I know after last night we got our ass handed to us, but uh, the Phillies won today two one. That that should spark some shit. Uh, there you go. Oh. We're both Philly fans. It was funny. Who? Uh, do you remember the poster? I think you signed the poster. Did you sign the poster? Yeah, I signed the poster. Yeah. Ter- did you see I what? Did you did you see what Terrence Riley wrote on the poster? No, what did he write? He 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 signed his name. Then he wrote like Gabe Kapler for Manager of the Year. And Coop's like, who wrote that? Who wrote that? And he thought he, he who did he say? Uh, he thought it was someone else. I go, no, that was Terrence Riley. And he goes, oh wait, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> um. So, also, so while we're on the topic of Coop, really quick, I think it's just worth mentioning because it was, it just kind of blew me away today. Did you happen to see um, Joe Grow uh, from Drew Estate, what he posted online today for his uh, airport selfie challenge for uh, Scar Coop? No, I, I didn't. So, they actually had little... I can't appearances. They're like freaking, they're like Shakespearean, so, so, so what's that word? Nicole, soliloquies. What? Sequ- oh, sequ- like a, su- a soliloquy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, they- give me bullet points. I want no more than one verb and one noun in each verb bullet point. <laughs> I can't. I can't I, everything looks like one big run-on sentence to me. They had so made cigar coupe challenge coins, which I believe is supposed to be coupe sitting on an airplane. And 
like they're actual like tangible like coins. metal coins yeah. and i and you and i was and you're right it was a long post but i remember seeing that and being like wow stepped up his game that was pretty good and i and i told i told joe too i'm like yeah you deserve the win on that one that that's that's pretty good that is the most prized trophy in the industry from what i understand uh like anybody that's this industry they want that they want that trophy i don't care cigar of the year or what i want that fucking thing <laughs> you know i i had a pretty good run at it um and i was real confident that i had a a solid chance of winning i think joe's got me beat with the coin but yeah but i have some ideas for next year but i'm also ineligible because i do a show with Cooper. don't tell anybody you got ideas nicole yeah don't they say it on the air I don't have to share them right this now. This is like the Pentagon. That. When it comes to the Cigar <laughs> Coop photo contest, it's like the Pentagon. The secrets stay inside. You don't tell the enemy what you're working on. <laughs> Even though we are ineligible, it's okay. I need the shock value to be there when it's presented. Come on. This one will have the shock value. This will have shock value. Yeah. I still don't know if we'll be able to win. but uh, And Coop said to me, he's like, this is true. You are ineligible. As, Ter- as Terrence Riley reminded me of like several times. Uh, he's like, it is true, but I have to find. He's like, I have to find a way to acknowledge it because you guys did a good job. I'm pr- I'm proud of it. And I got to give Nicole credit. She she came up with the concept. Uh, she came up with ideas. it, put it together, and then I executed it. So it was a team effort, but it did originate with Nicole. So hands down, it was a great time. And you know, to everyone who competes in the Scar Coop Airport Selfie Challenge, good luck. Um, so Mickey, as we kind of get. Towards the end of the show, we begin to wind down. Uh, I don't want to stop. I'm having fun. You don't want to stop? You want to keep going? It's getting oh, hot God. out here. Feels like 98 degrees. Feels right feels like 112. I know. With, like yeah, a, with 200% humidity. <laughs> thank you guys for inviting me on. This is real special. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, absolutely. You know, thank you for coming on. You know, we... Uh, you know, we were talking about it when we were at PCA, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, we, we gotta have you on." And we put it together. Like, I think we were at the bar when I we put this together. I'm like, uh, "Where are you? Uh, August 11th? What's today? August 11th? August 12th?" And you're like, "Yeah, we can do that." I I penciled you in like right there. I'm like, "Done." Yeah. I, <laughs> I whipped my phone out so fast. I'm like, "We're putting this down on paper. I don't want to forget." Uh, but yeah, no, thank you for coming on with us. Uh, it, it has been a great time. Um, but. You know, as I said, as we wind down the show, it's not coming to a complete halt yet. Um, you know, tell me, you know, I know we have, we're have we smoking some stuff that's coming out later this year, but, you know, give us like a little preview of, you know, things to come for All Saints. So what are, what are your goals, you know, long term here? And what, and what, are, you, uh, what are you working on now for the future? Uh, well, you know, well, we have quite a few projects that we're working on. I have to get back down to the factory. It's been a while since I've been down there. Um but, uh, we, you know, quite honestly, we have our hands full just still taking to market our, our dedication and our St. Francis and let alone what we're referring to as the Colorado and the Habano uh, for the namesake. That, that That's going to take a lot. Uh, you know, if, if you look at it from, you know, February of 2020, having 20 accounts to now to 158 counts, which means probably over 200 locations and we're not enough places, you know, we have to worry about getting those first two, you know, on the shelf, let alone the, the, the next two that are coming behind it in October. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that has our hands full. Um, you know, we did, we did have a solamente and we're that that's, that's gone. 
that was a whole different story, different kinds. And it was, it was an accidental from originally starting it. Um, we have, we have a lot to work to do with what we have on the plate. Um, I'm not against limited editions. I'm not against micro runs. I'm not against small batches. I'm not against, uh, those things. I really am working hard. I say I, and that's selfish. Uh, we are working really hard to be a horse in the stable. We want to be a horse, where you go, when you go, when you go in there, you remember your old total geeked out freaking consumer days. You know what? I got to, I got to get in all saints. You're going to get anything else. I want to be a horse in that stable. Uh, we want to be a horse in that stable. So that's very important with us right now. So, um, that that's keeping us occupied. We have other stuff that's coming down. And on, honestly, this whole explosion with uh, what's going on and social media and these things, uh, that's keeping us busy, keeping up with that as well. And just thanking the people that are thanking us and, and giving us an opportunity. And we're so blessed that we're that we have an opportunity that, that people are giving us an opportunity to be, you know, a part of their smoking lineup. You know, listen, you know, a cigar. Let's just say an average cigar is an hour, hour and a half. That, that you know, so for somebody to make a commitment to that, that that's that's very special to us, and we want to keep that, and we want to make sure that we deliver that you know on a consistent basis. So you know, you talk about brand fatigue, you talk about these other things. You know, it's funny when you were talking about the, the parts of the palate. I was thinking about brand fatigue. That's how you stop brand fatigue. We don't. We want you not to have brand fatigue with it. It's the it's the biggest. It's the scariest thing that that's out there, at any level of, of your growth. So. And, uh, and and keeping current with uh, you know w- with what's out there without being too current, but without also being too slow to market. That makes right. Sense. You you know you touched on something I forgot about that I wanted to ask you about um, the Solamente. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about that project and uh, and you said you, you so you won't bring that back. Uh, that's not true. Ah. So that was an accident. Somebody said to me, it was kind of like a lost and found. I'm like, dude, nobody can replicate that model. Those guys do a fantastic job. It was like a, it was like a forgotten and an oh shit. That's, a, that's, that's literally what it was. So when I talked about going down there in 17 and getting ready to gear it up to go spend time down there in 18, we made 15,000 of these cigars. We were different shapes. We did one shape, one size. Honestly, I completely and utterly forgot about them. So Nimish and I are down in the factories February 19th. We're finalizing the the dedication blend, and we're starting to work on some of these other blends, the the, the other three that you now know about, right? And and Amica or Milcar Perez kept going, Biki. Solamente, Solamente. He kept going, ape shit. He got 15,000 cigars. What are we going to do with them? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's bring out, let's smoke one. We smoke it. And he kept yelling Solamente, which means only in Spanish. I text Frank Leo, my partner, and I go, Frank, try to trademark Solamente. It ain't going to work, but let's try to do it. So we go through it because only, because there's certain names you just can't trademark. Mm-hmm. Like Habana, you know, whatever. So uh, Nimish starts laughing. He goes, if you didn't do it, I was going to do it. Now, that has a Habano wrapper on it. 
and has Nicaraguan filler and binder, and it's made in the Tabacusa factory. All our stuff is made in the Tabacusa factory exclusively right now. Mm-hmm. So we're exclusive with our Rocky relationship. You know, it's our own blends, but um, we don't want to, we don't, everything you learn in business school, throw it out the window. We don't want a lot of partners. We want to be very linear uh, as possibly as we can. Um, we might leave ourselves a little exposed, but it doesn't matter. That's what we want to do. So anyways, so I said, all right, we've got 15,000 of them. Let's box up 10,000 of them. Use 5,000. That's what we'll take the market. I can go around and say hi to my old friends and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Skip Martin and a couple other friends in the industry like, oh, it's such a great cigar. And then, you know, I'm like, Skip, for the love of God, talk, just fake it. Act like you like the dedication. You know, we got a 91 and a half wheel with that. And which was very, that's a whole nother story in itself. But um, and, and that's what it was. And that's it. Now, that blend can be replicated. That wasn't like some, as I used to say in the early interviews, some tobacco we found up some donkey's ass out in the Finca somewhere. I mean, they're all, they're readily available tobaccos. But the way it's put together is a little unique, uh, like you were talking about earlier. Um, and the name Solamente. Now, that has, a, like I said, an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper on it. If we use this, the name Solamente in the future, which we probably will, uh, it will be a Puro. Because I think that's a great name for a puro, hmm. solamente only, you know, only one country. Right. So that blend, um, and we introduced that blend again. Um, we we would definitely probably I, I would say we have a, there's a 95 percent chance that we admit that that's a blend. Now the crops will be different, the, the aging, all that stuff would be different. Uh, we we would definitely admit to it, and that would open up a can of worms, uh, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, the name solamente is not dead. And the blend's not dead. But and I, you can still purchase I, I, them. I can't, see them be together. I can't see them being together. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if, if we did the blend Solamente again, it would be called something else. And if we did Solamente, the name, which we will use at some point, um, it'll be a Puro. Okay. If people do want to purchase the cigar in question, though, Two Guys still has them online. Hmm. Interesting. Two guys, Wooden Indian. Yeah. Um, other people have them, but Wooden okay. Indian. Where I'm, matter of fact, I'm smoking their new little thing they're doing the uh, Cafe Cubano, Ooh. which is a little smoke. You want me? There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I'll I'll get you guys some. I'll talk to you guys and send you some. I, to the same address I sent the other stuff to that you had in Watertown. <laughs> Sure, yes. Don't tell me as soon as we hang up, I'll have him do it. Um, yes. Did I answer that question? You did. Yeah. You did. <laughs> you did. Um, I either go off on a tangent. If you ask me what time it is, I build you a watch. I say that all the time. I, it drives my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a great. It's been a great conversation. It's been a great show. I like watch. I watch. I like watching Nicole's arm come over towards you. Because that's the same thing that my wife does to me, my bride does to me sometimes when we're out. And when I see that arm coming over, she's reeling me in from something. Yeah. I'm not reeling it. <laughs> I haven't reeled you in tonight. Yeah. No. no. I do, though, sometimes. Usually it's the it's the tap on the leg or, like, the kick of the foot under the table where you guys can't see it when I have to either. Because he yeah, goes on a tangent. I'm like, I'll be right in front of my in-laws and I'll go, Kimmy, why are you tapping me on the leg? What did I do wrong? She's like, 
that's exactly what you're doing wrong. That's why I tapped you on the leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's been a great conversation. It's been a great show. Um, you know, again, thank you for coming on. Guys, thank you for watching and listening at home. Um, and once again, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Odyssey, and everywhere podcasts can be found. So don't forget to go on and like, follow, and subscribe everywhere you can find us. We really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for supporting everything that we do. Mickey, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, anything else you want to say on the show uh, before we wrap up? Any announcement you want to make? The floor is yours. No, not, uh, announcements. I, you know, just a bunch of thank yous. The attitude of gratitude. You know, thank you so much for having me on the show. I mean, so much, you know. Um, and uh, thanks for tolerating me doing it here from the Wooden Indian. These guys have been so incremental in my growth in my business when I first launched. And, um, you know, with, with, with Todd and Dan and um, uh, John and these guys and Dave, who's not here, he's out fishing. But, uh, you know, just a big old thank you. And uh, thanks for giving us the time to be, you know, a part of your smoking environment, whether it's smoking a cigar or listening to me banter. Uh, I'm with you guys, so uh, I appreciate it. And congratulations again to you so, well, on the engagement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mickey. You only engage once, so enjoy every moment of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will. It's it's been a it's been a fun journey so far. Um, Nicole, is there anything that you want to? Um, nec next week, um, we have Abe Flores. We do on the show. Okay. Um, and then is it when You're is? You're Abe. Yeah, he's coming uh, on. Um, and then. Uh, I on? think that I have to check the schedule. I feel like I feel like the week after that's a, as a, I think we might have two uh, two empty weeks there, uh, which is gonna be an in a couple of in house shows, and then September 9th I believe is uh, Class Kellner from Davidoff. Yep. Uh, we'll be on here and we'll be doing it a, a nice oh, Davidoff show. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. John should be back next week. And we have to have a celebration because for our viewers who don't know, which I'm sure they saw, John got married this past weekend. Yes, So we need to do some sort of celebration on the show for John. We will. We'll have to think of something special. Yes. Uh, we'll have to, to acknowledge that in a very special way. But with that... You'll have to wait for next week. John should be back next week, so we'll figure it out then. Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.